the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you've found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants to God and help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us tonight. I want to thank you for being here, and uh, you know that we're blessed, amen? Amen. God saw you through this past year and brought you to this year. And I've told you this before, the Bible says that all of your days were written down before even one of them came to be. And uh, you just need to trust uh, that God knows what He's doing, amen? And as you've been told, our theme for this year, 2021, is Abundant Joy in Christ. And I believe that's an appropriate theme for us for these next 12 months. We have encouraged you as a church uh, to memorize Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. You've got a whole year to do it, but I want to encourage you to be memorizing Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21, and be praying that prayer over your family, over those that you know, over this country. And then we've asked you to read through the whole Bible. We've given you some some Bible reading guides. And uh, just get started on that. We'll talk more about that in this message. Uh, Also, inside your bulletin, we gave you a list of all the sermons for the entire year. year. Last week, you couldn't read it very well, so we put it in there a little clearer So hopefully you've got that list and you'll be with us as we go through this entire year. This current series, I'll show it to you, the very first series. We've got 10 different series uh, this year. This is the first. And this series is called Invincible Joy. It's a joy that no one can take from you. Once it's in there, it's there. And today I'm speaking on the subject, joy in the trial, how you can have joy even in the midst of a trial. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of James, James chapter one. We want to look at four verses, verse two, three, four, and five, four verses. And I think these four verses have the ability to transform your life. So hope you have your sermon notes and hope you have your Bible. Joy in the trial, joy in the trial. That, that thought alone is contrary to how most of us feel, and certainly the world has no concept of. I want to tell you the story, you might have heard about it, Chippy the parakeet. Chippy the parakeet, he was well-named. Chippy never saw it coming. One second he was peacefully perched in his cage, and the next he was sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The problem began when Chippy's Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage 
with a vacuum cleaner. That was problem number one. When the owner stuck the end of the vacuum hose inside the cage, the phone rang. And she turned over to grab the phone. And when she turned over, Chippy was sucked into the vacuum cleaner. The owner gasped. She put the phone down. She turned the vacuum cleaner off and she unzipped the bag and there was Chippy still alive. He was kind of stunned, but he was was alive. But he was covered in dust, dirt. So she she just ran over. She wasn't even thinking. She went over to the water faucet, turned it on, and just stuck him underneath the water faucet to get all that dirt off of him. Then then he was cold and shivering, and so she went and got the hair dryer. Any compassionate bird owner would do that and turn the hot air and just, you know, dried him off there. Chippy never knew what hit him. And Chippy lost his song. But if you think about it, sucked in, washed up, and blown over, that pretty much sums up how most of us feel today, right? But unlike people who don't know the Lord and who lack genuine faith, we who are saved, no matter what we go through, we continue to trust in the Lord, we trust in His Word, and we trust in His purpose, that God knows what He's doing ultimately, amen? The book of James, James chapter 1, this book was written to people, believers, that were going through a very severe trial. It was written to Jewish believers who were hated and despised. The Gentiles hated them because they were Jewish. Jews hated them because they had become believers in Jesus Christ. And rather than consoling them, James challenges them to trust God even in the midst of their suffering. It's a silly notion that if you become a Christian, you won't have any problems. That's a silly notion. James explains that it's our response to the trials that actually prove the reality of our faith. The question you should have is not, how can I avoid trials? Your question should be, how can I change the way I respond when trials come my way? I want to share with you four, we have four verses. I want to share with you four different actions or responses to trials. Here's the first one, write this down. Write down the word rejoice. Everybody say rejoice, say rejoice. Rejoice, that should be your first response. I know that's contrary to how you feel. But your heart should be a joyful heart, a joyful heart. Now, we want to begin with verse 2. And I honestly, I could stay here the whole hour if I wanted. Uh, But verse 2 reads, consider it pure joy. Everybody say pure joy. Now, that's that's like 100% joy. This is not fake joy. We're like, oh, you look happy, but on the inside, you're miserable. It says, no, consider it pure, pure joy, brothers. He's talking about those of us that are saved. Whenever you face trials of many kind. I want you to circle the word whenever. You have that verse in your notes. 
Circle the word, I'm going to have you circle two words. Circle whenever. Notice it doesn't say if you go through a trial. It is saying when you go through a trial. You will face trials. And you will face trials of many kinds, just so you know. Now, I want, to, I want you to raise your hand just to give uh, proof of this verse. How many of you, you know, you know trials come in all different shapes and sizes. Some are physical, some are financial, some are relational, some are emotional. We go through all kinds of different, they're d- different trials. How many of you in this room will raise your hand and, and admit that this past year, you pers- I'm not talking about you know of someone, I'm talking about you personally. You personally have been through, you've, you've experienced some type of loss, some type of sorrow, some type of trial, some type of heartache. Raise your hand if you feel like you personally have been through a trial. Look, look around at all the hands. So the, when the, the Bible says, rightfully so, uh, that you will face trials. The question is, when they come, how do you face them? What is your response? Well, we get a hint here in the very, this very first verse. I want you to circle another word. Circle the word consider. Circle the word consider. And, and right next to it, I want you to write down the word count. Count. Count it all joy. Some translations of this verse read, count it all joy. Or consider. The word consider means count. This, if you're a CPA, if you're here, if you're an accountant... This first word, consider or count, it's a financial or numerical word. And I'll I'll give you a picture of what he's talking about. If you take a piece of paper, you don't have to do it now, uh, but but put a line down the middle of the paper and you have two columns. And on that column, those two columns, the first column, you list all of your assets, all the good stuff in your life, all right? I've given you an example here. Uh, And and, and number one at the top of the list are grandbabies. We, We need more grandbabies. I got three children, they're all married, and only two grandbabies, and I'm upset about it. But um, I got to see my grandbabies today. I held them, and sometimes I come out in church, if I got stuff over, all over me, because pastor didn't take them, it's just because I was holding the grandbabies backstage, all right, because they, they leave stuff on you. But anyway, it, uh, yesterday it rained. I don't know if any of you had to sleep outside in the rain, though. Most of you probably had a roof over your head, so that would be an asset, a good thing. Most of you have food in the fridge. Could someone say amen? You got clothes in your closet, all right? All the good stuff. But there's another ledger there where you list all your liabilities. And you write down all the stuff that's wrong in your life. The heartache, the trials, you're sick, or you lost a loved one, or you're lonely, or you lost your job, or maybe your best friend and the whole world has betrayed you. Whatever it is, list all your assets, And then you write down everything in your life that you think is wrong about your life. Write them all down. And if if you're a Christian, if you're a, a believer in Jesus Christ, then you take the brightest color pen you can find, and over that list of liabilities, you get to write the word joy over all those trials. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. You're telling me I'm supposed to write the word joy over the liabilities? Yes, that's what this verse says. It says to count. Again, it's a CPA, it's an accountant term. Look at all those liabilities and consider all of that pure joy as you go through these various trials in your life. You say, Pastor, Pastor, time out, time out, time out. 
How in the world can you tell me to do that? Well, there's only one way you can write joy over all your trials. And that is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and you come to realize, I want you to write this down, and, and, and you come to realize that God is greater than any trial that you might be facing. That's, that's why if you're not a Christian, you don't even understand what I'm talking about right now. Only a Christian can understand this. Someone who believes in God. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength. He is a very present help. He's not off a billion miles away. He is a present help in trouble. Hebrews 13, 6 says, so we can confidently say that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Bible says in Psalm 121, verse 2, my help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of the heaven and the earth. And I love Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. I just love the emotion of the very first word. He says, he says, oh, Lord God, it is you who've made the heavens and the earth. And by your great power and by your outstretched arm, nothing is too difficult for you. That's the only way you can write joy over all of your trials. God is greater than your fear. God is greater than cancer. God is greater than sickness. He's greater than divorce. He's greater than the wind and the rain. He's greater than your little child care problem. He's greater than Trump and Biden combined. I said combined. He's greater than your debt. He's greater than your sin. He's greater than your past mistakes. Nothing is too difficult for God. That's how you write joy over your trials. And then I want to suggest to you, write this down quickly, that rejoicing, this is where we're all kind of, we get all confused on this. Rejoicing is not a feeling. It is a decision that you make. The Bible tells us over and over again to rejoice. I have a verse there for you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 is the reference. It says, be joyful always. Always. Not just when things are good, but when things are good and when things are bad. Be joyful always means what? Always. Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. I just like saying that verse. Don't you like reading the verse? You should say this verse. And you should say it over and over and over. This is a verse you should just, you should memorize this verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. You say, well, preacher, I don't feel like rejoicing when I'm sick. I don't feel like rejoicing when I'm hurting. I don't feel like rejoicing when I'm sitting in that dentist chair on Monday. Well, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on your happenings. You know, if, if things around you are happy, you're happy. Everything, people are nice to you, you're happy, happy, happy. So say happy, happy, happy. Come on, say it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, happy, happy. Because my happenings are happy. Well, what happens when someone's 
not nice to you? Can you still be happy, happy, happy when someone's talking bad about you? Well, happiness is based on joy is something on the inside that comes as a result of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, it is so easy for you to tell me to rejoice. Hey, I'm not the one telling you this. This is God's word. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. It's a decision that you make. Even when you're going through a tough time, I know that's hard for you. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, that, the, the book of Philippians was written by a man named Paul. And when Paul wrote the book of Philippians, guess where he was when he was writing those words? He was in prison, a damp, dusty, dark, filthy, filthy dungeon in Rome. And as far as he knew, he was going to have his head chopped off at any moment. And it was in that circumstance that he tells us, Hey, whatever you're doing, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again to you, rejoice. Anyone can rejoice when things are going good, but only a Christian can rejoice when things are bad. I could relate to Desiree losing her dad because I lost my dad 10 months ago. And when he was dying, I mean, it was, a, it was the hardest thing I've ever been through. But when he died, as, as, much, as, as, as much as that was gut-wrenching, our entire family, because of Jesus Christ, and only because of Jesus Christ, we know that he's in heaven. And we also know, because of Jesus Christ, that we're going to get to see him again. And we're not only going to get to see him again... That one day we'll get to be with him for all of eternity. Therefore, even though I was hurting based on my circumstances inside, I am rejoicing that he's with the Lord and that one day I'll get to see him again. And only a Christian can do that. So the first word is rejoice. Here's the second word. Second word is the word realize. You've got to realize some things. Inside your heart, you've got to start figuring this stuff out. All right? And, and I've said this to you, you're going to hear me say it many times, stop listening to the news and stop listening to social media and start looking at God's Word. That's why I want you to read through God's Word, because it's going to give you a different perspective on, on what you're going through. God's Word is, is, your, is your blueprint for how you should live your life. Verse 3 reads, because you know, you know, at least at least you should know, if you, if you don't know, you should know that the testing of your faith, now get this, any trial, any trial you go through, it's a test of your faith. Some people in the midst of the trial, they fail the test. They turn and they run away from God. Some people pass the test. When they're in the middle of the trial, that's when they, they, they get closer to God than they've ever been before. But any trial is a testing of your faith. And you should know this, that, that those many trials back in verse 2, you go through all that. Uh, the only way you can have pure joy is because you know that there's this testing of your faith that's going on that's developing something in you called perseverance. Now, I've, I've, I've always been told this, and I, I after experience, I believe this to be true that faith is a lot like a muscle. 
And that the more you use it, the stronger it gets. And if you don't use your faith or you don't use your muscles, they, they, they atrophy, they grow weaker. So when things are good in your life, you don't even, you don't even use faith. You're not exercising your faith when everything's good. But when things go south and you're going in this midst of this, this hurricane, this season of trial, that's when you have to exercise your faith. And that's why the trial is actually a good thing. You need to understand that if you see difficulty through this lens, then you'll see the value of your trials. Now, write this down, that your trials increase your faith. That's what's going on here. God is working in your life. You have no idea what he's up to half the time, but he's trying to, he's trying to stretch your faith. The adaptation of Robert Browning Hamilton's poem goes like this. It's very simple. I walked a mile with laughter. She chatted all the way, but I was none the wiser for all she had to say. But then I walked a mile with sorrow, and ne'er a word said she, but all the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. We learn most in difficult times. Now look at Romans chapter 5, verse 3. It's the same type of thing. This is a different book. Not written by James, it's written by Paul again. And he says these words, as Christians, we rejoice in our sufferings. What? That's what it says. We rejoice in our sufferings. Well, you say, well, how can you? Pastor, I, I, how do you say that? Well, look what it says. Because we know, there's that phrase again, we know. We, again, a heart that understands that when we're suffering, that we know, what do we know? Well, that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance is producing something called character. And character is producing something called hope. Therefore, if all that is being produced, that's how we rejoice in our suffering. And again, uh, if we understand that, we wouldn't fear trials. We would actually welcome trials. And we'd say, it looks like God's up to doing something in my life again. And uh, I want you to look uh, at, at Romans eight twenty eight. Again, it's a different chapter. It says, and here's this phrase, and we know, oh, here it is again, we know what? This is a heart that understands. We know that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Somehow, through all this difficulty, God is working in our life, and you and I should know that. When those trials hit, that's a heart that understands. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, 
liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.